Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Hey, magical humans, I've got a great episode for you today. But first, I wanted to tell you about something I've been working on in the background. It's called the Up Level with Ease Sisterhood, and it's a group coaching experience that I'm going to do with an intimate group of women. That means I'm limiting the number of people that are going to be in the group because I want to foster a real sense of sisterhood where we will support each other to help each other grow and sparkle. We'll dive into feminine energy of ease and flow, and we will up-level our lives in every way, personally, in relationships, in our businesses, in our sport, wherever you want it. If you feel called to join this experience or are curious and want to learn more, message me ASAP. I'll tell you all the details and reserve your spot. Now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Brooke Miller. She is the founder of Wildfire Love and a compassionate creative whose purpose is to guide people to their deepest foundational truths so that they can live their most authentic lives. In other words, she's a kick-ass coach and I love her. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to uh, be featured on the podcast and chat with you, mostly just chat with you. But I know I love chatting with you and this time we get to record it, which is actually the whole basis for this podcast. I love that. Totally my thing. Fireside like chat has been my word lately. So that's what I'm like vibing with in my life, just fireside chats. So that's what I'm imagining this being. I love that. That is exactly what it feels like to me. What does a fireside chat mean to you? Uh, just something very intimate and cozy and warm and light and authentic. And like just you like hanging out by the fire, chatting with your friend or whoever and whatever comes up comes up and maybe sometimes you stare at the stars and sometimes you like laugh and sometimes you have serious conversation and it just kind of is what it is. Oh my God. I love it. Have you done that in reality in the recent past? How do, um, I have not, we have a bonfire pit, but it's been kind of rainy here and the fall weather is like, it's like either been really winter or really summer and not good fire weather but I do like when I think of like a fireside chat I can immediately like bring to time a mind bring to mind a time when yeah I was just sit out there like I mostly force my boyfriend to sit out there and just hang out and we have like super deep conversation every time it's amazing I love it and and that just reminded me when we were so when we were traveling in the camper we were in um, in Texas by Big Bend National Park, which is 
like on the Mexican border and there's nothing else around there. I think the town, which should be in quotes, that we stayed in was like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. There were no other towns nearby. And so Pete decides one night, like, let's go look at the stars. Let's get totally out of the light pollution. Amazing idea. But it freaked me out a little bit. I thought this was really interesting because we're, we're in this part of the world where we don't really know what animals live there. We don't know what people might be around there. And we got, we like drove down this road for a while and then turned off the car. And it was, and the stars were amazing. And you know, you can always see a little bit in the dark. Yes. I couldn't see anything. Like it was, it was true darkness. Oh. And it was like, cool, cool, cool. And okay, let's go. Yeah. Like this is super uncomfortable. Let's. This is awesome, but let's leave. (laughs) Yeah, this is awesome, but wow, the stories I'm creating about people coming (laughs) out of the dark. (laughs) Oh, the creature people that you don't know are there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a really good opportunity to see my own darkness. Yeah. I feel like I create those stories in my yard sometimes. We have like a bunch of um, pine trees that line our, our yard. And so I'm always like, did something move over there? What was that? was that noise or my dogs will bark at something but of course they're dogs and they bark at nothing half the time the wind blows and you know it's some crazy event Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah you start creating these stories in your head and you're like what was that is there somebody watching me (laughs) yeah I mean and that's what we're so good at that we start that in our bedrooms as kids right oh yeah so by the time we're adults we're like pros at Mm -hmm. creating stories and that's what we do about everything, right? We do that about other people's opinions of us, about mm-hmm. events we're missing, about things we're crappy at. Yeah. They're amazing storytellers. Oh my gosh, I do. I remember being a kid and like sitting in my house and watching something by myself. Everyone else was like gone. And there was one specific chair I would sit in the living room because it was right in the corner and I could see the entire room and the rest of the house from where I sat. So I knew that nobody would be behind me. And that's where I felt the safest, quote unquote. Um, But yeah, the stories that we can create in our head are so crazy, especially like as we get older and we realize, you know, the boogeyman's not real. There's nobody actually under my bed. They they can't actually fit under there. So (laughs) we have to like create these new stories to scare ourselves. Like all these people don't like me anymore or... um, I'm going to crash my car and die or something like crazy. That is just not even like, you're like, what? Why am I even thinking this? Yeah. Cause we've been practicing our whole lives. Yep. Whether it's being like creating that inner critic where all the stories come from or, you know, sometimes it's just writing a fun story. But I think most of the time we spend it like beating ourselves up or creating negative stories. Mm-hmm. or stories that other people tell you. That's what I've been noticing a lot lately just in my life is like having conversations with people, especially as I'm stepping into this new space of being an entrepreneur and like trying to grow my business and figuring out like who I am to the core and like spreading my message. And the more aware of who I am and like the, the thoughts and the stories that I tell myself I am, the more aware I am, the better I am at like shifting my energy so I have actually found myself being in like a pretty good mood for the most part but sometimes I'll meet up with like other friends and it'll just be like 
oh, well, what I had a friend recently be tell me that she can't imagine ever hiring a coach. Like, why would she ever need that? And it just like blew my mind. And first for a really quick second, I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe I should get out of this business. Like, you're right. And then I was like, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> this is totally her story that she's telling me. But it's so easy for us to like get caught up in what other people are saying and like start to take it on as our own. Yes. So it's really fascinating to like, once you become more aware, you can actually see yourself doing it. And like in that moment, I saw myself starting to take on her story and I was like, oh, what? wait, wait, what a se- wait a second. No, like I highly value coaching. I highly value having a coach and being a coach. I think it's amazing. and I think everyone should have a therapist or a coach, but it was crazy how just in an instant I could start to believe what she was saying. Yeah, that is such a great example of this. And I, so I always think of it as like, we're putting on other people's clothes. Mm. And like, if we're not, for me, if I'm not grounded, which is also just like being super aware of myself, if I'm not like firmly planted on the ground, rooted in my truth. Yeah. I feel like people are like, their energy is so powerful that it's like constantly kind of pushing me around and putting on new outfits. And then I look down and I'm like, what is this? I don't want to be wearing this muumuu. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And it's so easy to do, especially if you just like, I feel like all of our life, I mean, that is our life from the beginning. Like we're, we're constantly being conditioned to be this way or that way. And it's amazing to think like how much conditioning we actually have to sort through. And I don't remember who I heard say this, but I just absolutely loved it. And they were talking about how the whole point of life is actually just to uncondition yourself from all of your conditioning. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, (laughs) wait a second. What? (laughs) I'm like, How freaking true is that? Like, we have these ideas of we want our life to be, you know, this pursuit of happiness per se or whatever. Like, that's what people aim for. And, but really, it's all about like getting to that truth of who are you actually? Like, what do you actually believe underneath everything that people have taught you to believe? And like, how can you show up more as that in the world? Yeah, that's such a, classier way of saying it than the way I usually think of it. I think of it as like all this stuff is piled on us. Like all these shoulds, all these rules, all these other people's values and ideas and opinions. And it's all piled on us and it's all weighing us down. And it's like, you know, we don't even realize that we're carrying this stuff around on a daily basis. So what I do as a coach, and I'm pretty sure this is what you do too. Like I help people clean themselves up. <laughs> like. Yeah. Get rid of all that stuff so you can see the shiny shut, shiny, mm-hmm. shiny shit underneath. So you can yeah. just sparkle. Yes. Oh, I love that. Sparkle. That's what we're supposed I to do. Like, feel it. I want to sparkle. But then I also kind of think of um, <laughs> what is that book series? Uh, Twilight. 
Yeah, yes. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I read the books. Oh my gosh, it's awful because he's supposed to like sparkle in the sunlight, but he literally just looks like he has a ton of sweat on him. <laughs> shining light. So then I like also get that image and I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> we were watching Top Gun, um, or like parts of Top Gun a couple weeks ago, and we realized there are all these scenes where people are really sweaty, <laughs> like really sweaty, like their face is really sweaty and the sweat isn't dripping down. And I'm like, you know what? If it's that hot, that your face is that sweaty, it's going to be dripping down your face. Yes. So like if you're talking about the, what was the direction? Like we're going to spritz your face with water and you have to just like sit there and handle it. Cause the other thing is if you've got that much wet on your face, you're going to be wiping it off. So yes. like, these stoic oh. actors sitting there with all this like water on their faces. I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I'm sure I could if I was getting paid a lot of money, but I don't know. It's interesting like what motivates us to actually not like to will consciously respond. Yes. We yeah. can take this to mindfulness. This is what like, you know, it's all about the reacting versus versus responding. So mm-hmm. if we consciously choose, like, okay, I'm not going to wipe all this water off my face. I'm not mm-hmm. going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. And to stay in character and say your lines. Like, that's actually really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> that's so impressive. It's so true. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to respond and not, like, just react by mm-hmm. nature. And um, I've definitely been doing, trying to do that more in my life, too. Just, just notice, like how I'm showing up in the moment. And if somebody triggers me, like immediately recognizing that trigger, even if I don't know what exactly like it's coming from, um, like, I don't know why I'm being triggered, but I can tell that I'm being triggered in some way. It's, uh, yeah, it's so much easier to respond. And yes, I'm constantly amused and fascinated by being triggered. Oh, me too. Like, I'm like, oh, so she triggered me. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got a thing there. What? And then like, like I'll mull it over, like externally processing, talking through the whole thing for days. Being like, what is it? Oh, this is really interesting. Does it trigger me when other people do this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Lately, I've been really triggered by, um, by f- people being fake. Like when you can like actively see somebody change from their authentic self to them being fake with someone, especially like I work in the service industry, like I work part-time at a bakery too. And I can like actively see when people go from like chatting with a friend to helping a customer or a customer is like being fake. And you're just like, oh, stop it. Stop. And it's been triggering me so hardcore because I've been trying so hard in my life to be authentic like 100% authentic and I'm like oh I can't I can't do this (laughs) and like you said you have to like talk through your and process it and I'm still trying to figure out exactly why that's like triggering me like I I love to take people as they are but there's something about seeing that switch in someone that I'm like why why are you doing this become more aware (laughs) I mean, I can tell you that's that I I had a feeling you were gonna say that 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 was what was triggering you, and um, this is exactly this is what I keep coming up against. It's the same thing, and I can tell you what I've concluded so far is that because my superpower is being able to see people, 
Mm. Like people can put on all the masks they want, but I see, I yeah. see them at like true. I see they're awesome. I see how like sparkly and fiery their soul is. Yeah. And then they put this mask on and I'm like, what? Why are you wearing that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it feels, I'm, it makes me feel disconnected from them. It just, it, for me, I see like you just took something so valuable and you hid it under a mask. Why would you do that? Yes. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. There's so much value in authenticity. And I, like you said, like people connect with it so much more and it feels like, I feel like, I feel like you just like click made it click for me. It's just, it feels like a disservice to that person, to themselves, and also to all the people around them that they have to feel like they have to be this other person, or like you said, put on this mask. And you kind of just want to shake them and be like, no, I like you as you. Just be you, please. Yes. yes. Please. Like the world needs you. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what for. That's your job to figure out. But the world needs you to take that mask off to be you because like, you've yes. been giving those gifts for a reason. Mm. Mm. That's so true. And like authenticity is just so, I mean, I find myself falling into it. I know the trap of like trying to be these other people or putting on those masks for whatever reason, like whether it's for people to like me more or because I just feel like I, I should for some reason, like people other people might shame you into putting on this mask and it's can show up anywhere. And it makes me so sad because I feel like we just need more of that authenticity in the world for people to really own themselves and love themselves and really truly know who they are. Like that is, I've been noticing a lot lately how people don't know who they are it's very defined by outside, like, um, I am a teacher or I am a mom. And I'm like, no, but like, who are you? Like deeper, like dig deeper. And, um, when we get new employees at the bakery, I love to ask, (laughs) I always ask them like, who are you? And you know, what are your life goals? And, um, the one guy I was like, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm in school and I'm this and that. And I'm like, okay, but who are you at like a soul level? Like, who is your soul? And he's like, I don't even know how to answer that question. And I'm like, ah, we need to be able to answer that question. Like, how do we live our lives if we don't know who we are at a deep soul level? Like, it doesn't have to be really intense. Like, I know at a deep soul level that I am simply love. Like, that's just, that's all. I'm just love. So if you don't know that about yourself, like how can you show up for yourself every day in your life? And I think there's like this huge lack of awareness around that. And that definitely plays into people being fake. Cause anytime I feel like I'm responding versus reacting, it's always because I'm coming from that soul place. And I'm like, okay, great. How can I show up in the situation as love? Like, this is who I am. Like, how can I show up as that? How can I be that? And if you don't know who to be, then it's hard to be. (laughs) You're brilliant. I love you. (laughs) I love you right back. (laughs) How did you figure out that 
you are love? Hmm. I think that there's a part of me that always knew it just felt very, it felt too simple. Um, and working with my current coach, I've really been able to like uncover those core values that just bring me joy. And like anytime that I feel connected to someone, anytime that I'm like overwhelmed with emotion, whether it's happy or sad or something, like it always has to do with love, no matter what. Like that is something that just carries through everything for me. And I think for a long time, I wanted it to be more complicated. Like I just felt like, well, love, like that's just too simple. <laughs> like it has to be more, it has to be more. And there's this need in society in general just for more, whether it's like more connection with people, more money, more things, more time, um, more knowledge. Like there's always more, there's never enough. And I finally got to this place where I was like, I was doing, you know, my coach really helped me connect with more of my, my soul place through a lot of like deep meditations and like guided, she would like guide me through meditations. And every time I went to that place, it was just love. Like that's all that there is. That's all that just has ever mattered to me is love. And when I see in the world, like the lack of love, and I think that's why I'm like, so not drawn to politics is because I feel like there's no love there. <laughs> and there people want there to be love there. I think they try to like put it in there, but it just doesn't feel like what love feels like to me. And yeah, I think it's just connecting with myself a lot and meditation. I did like a meditation streak of I think I was on day 122 when I finally broke it. Um but that has really helped me. Meditation has been huge for me, for sure. How do, what is your meditation? Wow. What is your meditation practice? So right now I meditate just whenever I feel like I need to. I, I love to meditate before bed. Pretty much every night I meditate before bed. Um, I use an app called Headspace. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, they have a sleep meditation, which is a maze. And it really helps me just like clear my mind <laughs> because sometimes I go to bed and I'm like thinking of all these things and you know, I just watch the Netflix show and I'm trying to figure out what's happening next. Or I just was working and I'm trying to like think of all the things I need to do tomorrow. Um, so it really helps me just like settle my mind and be like, okay, it's time for bed. Let's relax every part of our body. Like let's like literally go through and like talk to my body. Um, but I also love to meditate just when I feel like I'm everywhere at once and I need to be focused in. So sometimes I do like a creative meditation. So to bring my creativity in, sometimes I do like a focus meditation if I know I need to get some work done. Sometimes I do um, short meditations, like five minutes or three minutes. Other times, like I have this one I think it's Bob Proctor, um, but it's like a 20 minute meditation and it's so amazing. And so I kind of just go with what my mood is 
I don't have like a set routine per se. And as much as I love routine, like meditation, when I was doing my streak, it almost felt like a chore sometimes. And I didn't like that. I wanted it to be something that I wanted to do and I enjoyed doing, not to just like hit this record. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's interesting. I had a similar experience with the whole streak. Mm-hmm. I did. I actually, I mean, my streak is now, I think it's like three years without stopping, but a few times in there, I'm not using Headspace right now. I'm instead exploring the 10% Happier app, which is really fun. Um, but the Headspace app, so we'd be in places where I couldn't get Wi-Fi or um, some, for some reason it just like, wouldn't count my meditation from that day. And I'd get kind of angry about it. And so I was like, all right, wait, (laughs) so this isn't working for me. I need to like, just take a little break from headspace. So I'm not at all seeing the streak and then go back to it. And it'll be like one day. And I remember when it said like, your streak is one day. And when it said three days and stuff, I was kind of like, it's not really just so you know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I actually started over my streak and then I meditated and I used like a YouTube video that somebody had suggested to me. And of course, like Headspace is not going to count that. But, and so I forgot to count it. And this was like before I hit my 122, like I had to start over a couple times, which was also a big learning thing for me. Like, I'm so glad I did the streak and I tried for it because it got me kind of in the habit of doing it. and. But it didn't count it. And I was like, the next day I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe it. And I was journaling a lot at that time. And I literally like wrote in my journal. I was like, day, you know, whatever, 38 or something, not on headspace. And so I like kept keeping track in my journal because I was so set on like having that number. And I get really competitive too. So for me, it was it kind of turned into this thing where it was more about just doing it. Even if I wasn't, I wasn't in the right, (laughs) I wasn't in the right headspace (laughs) to be meditating. Like I wasn't really fully into it and I wasn't really fully focused. I was just doing it to do it. And that was like a big lesson for me is like, I have to really want to do something. Mm. And that's okay if I don't want to do it. Like, I don't have to, you know, going back to wearing these masks, like, I don't have to be like everybody else. I don't have to have a four hour morning routine. Or I don't have to, you know, plan out my months to the T. Like, these are all things that I'm starting to learn because I've always felt like I had to do it the way that other people were doing it because it worked for them. And so why wouldn't it work for me? Well, it wouldn't work for me because I'm not them. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, that's a lesson I learned so many times in my life. Like, I remember as a kid, I had learning disabilities and I would try and do things, which I, let me rephrase that. I was diagnosed with learning disabilities. I think of them as learning differences. I just think differently than other people. Yeah. Because that's exactly what I would discover through things like, oh yeah, that works for them. That doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. We, you and I were talking earlier this week about learning styles. 
Like if somebody can talk to me about something, I can read something. Those I do take information in that way. But if I'm really going to learn a skill, I got to be doing it. My body needs to learn it. Yeah. And I'm the exact same way. And I think that we try to push things on people. We think that because we do it this way and it works for us, that it's going to work like that for everyone else too, especially in job, like job training. When people are being trained to do a certain job, like I think it's so important to ask, you know, what is your learning style? How do you like to learn best? Because some people just take forever. I remember at one job we had to do all of this like online training and I am not a note taker. Like I like to listen. I like to watch people and then I like to do it. And if I mess up, then I mess up like totally fine with me. But this other lady who I was training, like she took pages and pages and pages of notes. Like her hand had to hurt. Um, I didn't like in college too. Like I didn't, I mean, I took some notes, but I didn't take a lot of notes. And I know you said when we were talking about this before, like you took notes to stay awake. Yes. That's <laughs> child development. After the, other than that, I didn't take that many notes. <laughs> but it's true. Like we're all so different and that goes back to authenticity too. Like knowing yourself enough to know those differences that you have and being okay. If you're in an environment that is not, um, promoting, I guess those differences promoting that way of doing it Mm -hmm. is it's so, so important because you're not going to thrive if you try to take on other people's way of doing it. Yeah. Again, it comes back to knowing yourself. Yeah. Like how can we do anything when we don't know ourselves? Oh, I have no, I don't know. Like how did, I don't know how I did life before, (laughs) like the past couple years. Um, we're really good rationalizers. That's one thing I've learned. So like humans are, we can rationalize anything, anywhere, anytime. Like that is our greatest skill is rationalization, I think. And that goes back to the stories we tell ourselves. Totally. And like, cause we're rationalizing that the boogeyman is under the bed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, um, it's just so crazy to me how little people know about themselves. Like even like I said earlier, like the life goals, like I've asked people recently, Oh, what are your life goals? And some people just laugh and they're like, ha I don't know. I don't know what my life, like to be happy and not have debt. <laughs> okay, great. But like, what are your life goals? Or I asked somebody recently, um, what do you want your legacy to be? And she was like, legacy. She's like, well, I don't mean, I don't have, like, I'm not that important. Like, I don't want to do something big in the world. And I'm like, but why do you think that a legacy has to be big? And like, that's what I love doing is just like challenging people in those moments to be like, well, how can you think of that differently? Like legacy doesn't mean you have to build this you know, billion dollar empire and, and feed all of the hungry kids in Africa or whatnot. Like legacy could literally be like changing one person's life or my legacy is just going to be love. Like that is my legacy. <laughs> That's simply it. Like I just want to spread love and be love and love people for who they are and hold space for people when they don't love themselves. And 
it feels really big to me, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just change the life of two people or one person. Like, I really don't know. Um, but to change the way that you're thinking about the definitions of words that you've grown up with. Yes. Words matter. And we don't, where, where was I talking about this recently? I don't know, somewhere. I think it was on social media about success. And I know I asked in my group recently, what is your current definition of success? Cause it can change. Yeah. And we have every right to change our definition of success. And I think so many of us, like the default, what society tells us success is, is it's making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. That may or may not be success for somebody. Yeah. And what's your definition of success for you? Mm. For me, like right now, success is just, it goes back to living authentically. Like if I am authentically being myself, if I know who I am and I'm, constantly growing and change like changing accordingly with my growth like to me that's success Mm. and it's funny you mentioned money because that used to be I mean I would say even probably eight months ago that was my definition of success like I had to have a lot of money and I was stuck in this this job that I hated like hated um and I like made a decision to, with the support of my boyfriend, um, to step out of that job and go for coaching full time. And I'm not making the money that I was making before because I am just starting out and that's okay. But I have never been happier. Like I am so much happier. And some days I go back to that old definition of success and I'm like, oh my God, I'm failing. Like, what am I doing? I should just go get this job back that even though I hate it, I should just get it back. Um, and then I'm like, no, because this is success to me. Like I am living my truth. I'm figuring out who I am at an even deeper level than I already know. I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm taking new actions that I never thought I would take. I am meeting new people. I'm making more connections with the world and those around me. And to me, like that is, that is success. Like one of my core values is connection. (laughs) And if I'm connecting with people, like that's successful to me. Yeah. And can we talk about human design a little bit? Cause you're the person that introduces to me. (laughs) And so when you say connection, which is, I think you and I share like all the same values. Um, <laughs> and this is why we got along. Like we connect solidly. Yes. Everything you say, I'm like, yes, I may have used one word differently, but anyway, um, you were talking about you're a reflector. And yes. so to like do anything, you need to be connected with people, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with human design, just like a quick, um, blurb and I'm no expert. So like, <laughs> you know, I just learned about this recently this year, but basically there's five different human design types. Um, each design type is, it's, it's essentially like how you should show up in the world. Um, I listened to a podcast recently that described it really well, but different people are made to work and different people are made to do other things. And that's just like life. And human design is like a combination of, of 
astrology and numerology and like all the personality tests, like basically it's kind of like all combined into one thing. And you have different nine different energy centers in your body within each energy center. There's different traits. Obviously you don't, you don't have all the traits, but they've been connected to the 64 codons in your DNA, like scientifically. So there's science backing it, which is really fascinating. But yeah, like as a reflector, all of my centers are open, which means I don't have any access to them. I don't have any connecting traits, which means all of my channels are, are like disconnected. So basically I require other people because like my trait, like I might have a trait that you don't have and you have a trait that I don't have and they connect this channel and there's different channels of energy like um channel the one of them is like the channel of mutation and so yeah I require other people to actually ignite different things in me and so and that very well could be why connection is one of my core values because I feel that I am in a very authentic way a different person with different people. Um, Can you describe that more? Yeah. So it's really easy for me to take on people's energies. I very, I'm very empathic. And since I require other people to ignite different energy fields in me, I guess field might not be the right word, but it's a word that's coming to mind. Um, Like I, can just feed off of what you're giving. Like as a reflector, my purpose in life is basically to like reflect the world back to other people. (laughs) That's it. And so I noticed just like uh, when I'm with my boyfriend, like I really like to just chill and relax. And like, that's what I want to do in that moment. But then like when I'm with um, some of the people in my mastermind, like I just want to get work done and I want to be creative. And when I'm with uh, my one friend, we just like to, you know, complain about things. (laughs) That's just what we do. And then I'm with other people and we like to do adventurous things. Like we like to go out and hike and do all this other stuff. So it's like these little pieces of me, but they're like dispersed among all the people. And I'm sure a lot of people feel this, but I feel on like a really strong level. Where do you feel it in your body? Mm, I've always felt myself just at my center. So like just below my bra line, like right above my belly button. Like that's when I know I'm making a good decision. I actually just made a decision about um, some money stuff recently. And I was like kind of freaking out because, you know, money makes us all freak out. And... I was thinking about it today and I was just like, okay, like, where is this coming from? Like, is this actually a decision that I want to make or am I making this decision out of fear? And I realized that like my core was just still like calm as could be. And all of the fear and the worry was coming from my chest. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is just anxiety from fear. This is not like my core knows this is a good decision that I should trust it. And so I'm going to go with it because it feels different in my body. And if I'm not feeling like centered in my core, 
just like that really core spot, um, then that's something that I should question. How did you feel after you made that decision? Um, well, I haven't actually sent in the stuff yet, but, (laughs) um, but I felt like once I had that awareness, I just felt lighter and it just felt good. Like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is fear. Mm -hmm. This is nothing else. Like it, it, we're going to have fear no matter what. And I think that's a really big misconception that people have is like, you know, we want to be fearless, but nobody is fearless. Like that's not a thing. So if you ever have thought that, like, you're not good enough because you have fear, that's, we all have fear. I don't care who you are. Like, Tony Robbins has fear. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can feel fearless in certain moments. Oh, for sure. But we aren't fearless. Yes. And I think that's what it comes down to is it's not that you're fearless. It's that you're noticing the fear, but you're not giving it your attention. You're saying, hi, I see you, but I'm going to do this anyways because something bigger is driving me than you. Have you heard Elizabeth Gilbert's description of fear in Big Magic? She talks about fear is going to come with you no matter what. So fear, you can come on this road trip, but I'm driving. You can sit in the back seat and you can't touch the radio. Yes. But you come. Like, I want you there. Right. Yeah. I mean, fear has its purpose for sure. (laughs) But, um... But yeah, I think when we fear, feel that fearlessness, it's less like I'm not actually fearful. It's more of I'm just not noticing my fear. Yeah, I feel like fearlessness comes in flow. Mm-hmm. Like oh, if we're sure. in flow, we're not, we're not into the fear. It's like, yeah, we're just not that into it at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was um, skydiving years ago, <laughs> I the first time I ever jumped out of the plane, like, you know, people think skydiving, they're like, oh my God, were you scared out of your mind? Like what was going through your head? And I just remember I walked, I was in the plane and, you know, I did it quote unquote solo. Like I had two instructors, but they weren't actually attached to me. And so I had certain things that I had to pass. So I had to like tell them, you know, the altitude at a certain time and whatnot. And I remember riding up in the plane and I'm like, you know, going through everything I have to do and like feeling really anxious. And then they opened the door. I went up to the door. I'm like standing there ready to jump out. And it was just like this overwhelming sense of calm. Like I have never felt calm like I did sit standing in that doorway about to jump out of the plane. And to me, like that is a fearless moment. Like I did not feel, I felt the fear going up in the plane, but when I got to that door, like it was something I wanted to do so badly and I was so excited to do it that all of that just like went away. It was just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. I'm in this moment and it was just calm. And to me, like that is like when I think of being fearless, like that was my fearless moment. Yeah. That's also like a perfect description of flow Mm -hmm. because flow is this peak state where if our um, like activation is between a a one and a 10, like 10 is total freak out. One is way too mellow. And like our optimal performance is going to happen at a five, finding that balance. And it's also a balance of something that's challenging enough for us that 
it's like just out of reach. It's not going to let us be bored, but it's also not going to like be so hard that we feel defeated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I think of like the the state of flow and, you know, if you want to call it fearlessness, go for it. But I, I also think of like this subtle confidence. Like there was that moment where I was just like, I don't need to practice this anymore because I know that I'm just going to do it. Like I just know and I trust myself to do it. Mm. And I think that's super powerful. And I felt that in other moments too of like when I'm coaching clients and stuff, there will be moments where, you know, before the call, I'm like, oh my God, like what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm going to ask this person. Uh, What are the questions I need? And then I just get on the phone and you're just like, it's like this sense of trust. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to be, be, and like the questions will come to me and I trust that they will. And, and it feels really good, like to connect with that and to notice that about yourself. And really we can bring that into like any part of our life. We just have to be able to tap into it. Yes. Yes. I trust is, trust is, I feel like the lesson that I'm here to learn over and over and over and over again trust in all aspects it's like trust your body trust your training trust your skills trust your heart trust the universe yeah like in any way that it can possibly come up it's like oh kelsey look at this let's learn this one again i'm like thank you thank you i got it it's a hard one for me i am the same exact way like it's a constant um test like i i feel like i almost unconsciously sometimes put myself in situations where I have to trust myself too. And then I'm like in it and I'm like, ah, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to do it. Um, even in like school when I was in college and stuff, like I would just not study (laughs) and then I'd be like, oh crap, I didn't study. And I mean, I still graduated with honors and you can say that's smart or you can just say like, I trusted myself that I listened to the lectures and I read the books and I knew it. Like, I just know. Um, And it's so funny that you say that too, like the lesson that you're here to learn over and over again. Cause I was thinking about before we got on this podcast, I was like thinking about like, what will, what will we talk about? And, um, and like finding your awesome. And I'm just like finding your awesome. Like that is just something that, you have to do over and over again. Like it's not this one thing. And this goes back to pursuit of happiness too, but it's not this one thing that you just find. And then all of a sudden you have it all the time and everything is great and dandy and life is so good and nothing bad ever happens again. Like you have to continually work to find your awesome and like be very conscious about what your strengths are and remind yourself of those and when you're feeling down, like being able to say like, well, wait, why am I awesome? And then have reasons why you're awesome. And it's like this continual journey of finding more and more and more and more of your awesomeness. Yes. I feel like being human is about like kind of walking this balance beam that we're constantly falling off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're getting back on. Like, like resiliency yeah. is, um, it's a mandatory part of being human. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. The balance beam. I immediately thought of like 
oh, you like take one step and then you fall off. But then yeah. the next time you get on, you take two steps and you fall off. Yeah. And the next time you get on, you maybe try a little bit of a jump. And like each time you just get better and better and better and better. But there's never like an end. Like there's always something bigger to do. Yeah. And you can be doing a back hamstring, handspring and stay on. And then you can just be walking on it and you fall off. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're going to fall when you're going to fall and you're yeah. going to get back up there. And that just goes back to like knowing yourself and knowing your core values and who you are as like on a soul level, because at some point you're going to have to come back to those foundations. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have those foundations, like if you can't take one step and not fall at some point in your life, then you're not going to do a back handspring. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're just not because the foundations are where it all starts. And even in like yoga, when people get to like a certain level, there's some like teachers who are doing like crazy acro stuff, like they go back to foundations. Like sometimes they just forward fold. Yeah. And people think like, oh, well, I can't like step back down to that level or whatever it might be. Like people have this idea about the foundational flow, but there's a foundational flow to life too. And sometimes you need to just come back to foundations and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to feel like less than because you're going back to the basics. Like who cares? We just need reminded. Yes. And I've been thinking a ton about this level idea lately of like we think that some people are at a different level than we are no they're just they're just doing it differently because mm-hmm. we're all different yeah yeah they look like they're higher up on the mountain than you but they just took a different path yeah and again they could fall off at any point just like we can yeah so and, true and maybe the mountain like maybe it's not about going up maybe it's about skydiving down mm. maybe it's about diving oh, down yeah. We're all going different places. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, maybe we're deep sea diving instead of mm-hmm. flying high. And both are very important. They yeah. are. We need it all. Yeah. That's I love that. I was just listening. Do you listen to um Brooke Casillo's? I don't yet. Well, I was listening to her this morning and she was talking about exactly that. Like we have this idea of life not ever having to be uncomfortable and like we don't want discomfort like we just want to be happy all the time but that's not like life like life is highs and life is lows and there's going to be in-betweens and you're going to go up sometimes and maybe sometimes you go up three times in a row but then you come down Mm -hmm. and like like you can't run away from discomfort because life is full of discomfort and discomfort is okay because that's where you grow and that's where you change and that's where you notice new things about yourself and we're all experiencing discomfort. Like we make these assumptions that, you know, these celebrities or these Instagram influencers or whoever you look up to is doing so much better than you and, you know, they don't experience the stuff. They do. <laughs> you just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that discomfort, like I seek it. Yes. I try and get uncomfortable at least once a day and I am uncomfortable most, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Georgia O'Keeffe had this brilliant quote about how she was like terrified her whole life. Mm. And it, 
I mean, I think that's growth. That's totally. That's shining. That's finding our awesome. It's uncomfortable to find our awesome. Heck yeah, it is. It is definitely. And I always say like comfort zones aren't always comfortable. Like sometimes there's even a discomfort in comfort zones. And even if jumping out of that comfort zone is even more uncomfortable, like that's how you lessen the discomfort because you get more used to like jumping out and trying things out and putting yourself out there. And, you know, that's how you just, like you said, like, that's how you get to know yourself. That's how you grow. Like there's no growth in comfort. Yeah. It's a practice that jumping out of the comfort zone is a practice. Mm -hmm. Just like lifting weights, you're going to get better. Like you lift a certain weight one day, the next day you can go up a pound. Next day you can go up a pound from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something I've been really working on too with that is just like consistency because And no matter where you are in life, what you're doing, like it is like lifting weights. Like you have to be consistent to see results. And especially being part of like this millennial, you know, we want everything right now. We don't want to wait for it. Um, It's sometimes really hard for me and I'm sure for other people too, to wait and to be consistent to show up because we want to go to the gym twice and have six pack. Mm -hmm. That's like not how it works. And it's the same with life. Like you can't expect to, um, I don't know, for example, start a new business and like talk about it one day. And if it doesn't boom right away, then you're like quitting. Yeah. (laughs) Or if you're like in the dating scene, like you, you go out with one guy and, and it doesn't work out. And then you're just done with dating. Like there's no good men out there. It's like, this is life. Like you have to keep testing the waters and testing the waters and testing the waters until guess what? Eventually you're probably going to catch a fish. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We just got to keep showing up. That was actually what my um, Facebook memory for today Mm. from last year was you just got to keep showing up. I was coming back from a bike crash. And so all of my training was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah it's so important and we forget it. And I mean, by we, I'm including myself in that too, because I know I forget it all the time and I have to be reminded. And, um, I think it's important to just remind each other of that. Like, yeah, we're very forgetful creatures. So forgetful. (laughs) Like we know all of this stuff. Yes. It's amazing how much we know and we don't give ourselves credit for knowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We forget it on a daily basis. Every day. Yeah. Because we forget that we are love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we have each other though. Like that's why it, when it comes to authenticity and truth, like when you're being authentic and true, other people are going to be authentic and true right back to you. And if they're not, they're not your people. And when you're not being authentic and true, you can't, realize what you're forgetting and you can't be reminded of that because people aren't seeing the real you and it's okay to like break down and cry sometimes and it's okay to be real in that super super vulnerable sense because then that's when people can be like hey like remember how awesome you are like this is what I see in you yeah and if you just pretend like you're happy and go lucky like people aren't gonna know that you need that reminder 
Because people need people. Yeah. We're not supposed to do this by ourselves. No, not at all. Yeah. We need reflectors who can shine our love back on us. <laughs> yep. And we can reflect to each other. And I think it's super important. And like truth and vulnerability is like, that's my mission is just to bring more of that into the world and, and help people to really see like, who are you? Like, if you don't know yourself, then other people can't know you either. And there's actually a meme somewhere. I don't know if it's called meme, whatever, a graphic, whatever it's called, but it says something like, um, people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. And it's so true. And to remember that, like, if you don't know yourself, take some time, like take five minutes to journal every day or like hire a coach, go see a therapist. Like, I don't care who it is. Talk to your best friend about it. Like have these deep conversations because the more you know yourself, the better you're able to show up for other people. Yes. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. Just yes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to try and say any, add, add anything to that. I think that was a mic drop moment. <laughs> I'm going to let you bask in the glory of dropping the mic. Thank you. I will bask. I wish I had a mic to drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brooke, this conversation is amazing. And I, I want to keep talking to you forever and ever. And I'm going to, but we're going to wrap up this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, how can people learn more about you? Yeah. So you can check me out. Uh, I have a website. It's wildfirelove.com. And I also am on Facebook at wildfire love coaching and Instagram at wildfire love coaching. Um, if you want to connect with me personally on Facebook, I'm actually Brooke Ashley. Um, to be tricky because I didn't want creepers to find me like way back when. So that's my middle name. <laughs> um, but yeah, feel free to reach out, like shoot me a, a direct message or uh, my emails on my website, you know, however you want to connect. I'm, I'm all over and I'm happy. I connection is one of my values, like I said. So I would love to chat with anyone who wants to chat. I love this. Thank you for this gift today. Oh, thank you. I'm so uh, blessed to be on here and grateful and so glad that uh, we connected. Me too. And I get more of you. All of it. All the time. (laughs) Thank you, Brooke. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.